Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Okay. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. What's up, Kevin? Gentlemen, how are you? I heard you last night at the press conference. You were mighty brave. I think anyone was brave last night asking any questions of Eric Musselman. You knew with the way that uh, Furman was knocking down the three-point shot and the missed assignments, the way that he was shuffling players in and out, he was not a happy camper last night in spite of winning the game against Furman. Yeah, you know, Arkansas, I don't think we've seen, even in non-conference, we've seen him play a lot of players in games they're winning big. He he just kind of lets guys play. Uh, I mean, you you go back to the Bahamas and you're trying to beat North Carolina. It's the first half. He played all 12 available scholarship players in the first half of that game. Arkansas got down 12 and was trying to claw back out. But just about every game's been that way. If you look at the first half substitutions, you know, 10 or more players on most nights, uh, that same last night, and then, you know, you see it in the second half. And some of these games, it's not certain that Arkansas is going to win. So, we have not seen him, and I asked him this. I'm like, is this just a look ahead at what your rotation is, uh, whether that's by default? <laughs> he kind of bristled at that, plan. too. Huh? He kind of bristled at that one, too, but go ahead. <laughs> he did. He did say great question, Kevin. I don't know he, I don't know if it was great because he, he wanted someone to bring it up so he could talk about it uh, or if he really didn't want to deal with it and he was being sarcastic, but he did. And it, and look, he's basically saying, you know, I'd love to say because of the quality of depth I'm able to do this, but really it's just if one guy can't follow through and execute the game plan, I've got to turn to the next guy. So we know he's always trying to figure this stuff out, and he's made changes to his rotation in the past when Arkansas hits these significant snags. But even in these two consecutive wins, you know, uh, it, you know it's still a work in progress, and there's still plenty of problem areas. You mentioned the three-point defense. This was a team coming in, by the way, guys, really good offensive team that turned the ball over a lot and not a great three-point shooting team, which obviously last night it was. But where they were really good was scoring inside the arc, 62% field goal percentage in there. Arkansas decimated that. Uh, held them, I think it was like 17 of 41, 18 of 40. I mean, 40%, 39%. Just took that away. Conversely, uh, Furman was able to make them pay by getting it going from the outside, and Arkansas had trouble there. Uh, but this is a Furman team, if you look at them coming in, I mentioned the percentage is about a 31% three-point shooting team. Much better there last night, close to 38%. The volume was significant. You know, 12 of 32 was a team that was averaging 8 of 27 on attempts in May. So, yeah, that was a trouble spot. Arkansas did force 11 turnovers, so what they – they couldn't quite get it to the average Furman usually gets. And then Arkansas matched them there. Arkansas self-inflicted wounds, I thought. You know, more of the same, just not always taking care of the ball. Now, the second half was better there. And then Arkansas has also been an elite team getting to the free throw line. But lately, these teams are playing, whether it was Duke or Furman, has been able to match Arkansas, you know, stay within a free throw attempt. And that's where Arkansas tries to get some separation is to shoot a lot more free throws and then hopefully – make enough where you're getting some cushion there. Um, you know, Arkansas' offense has been really good the last two games, guys. The 
passing's back, the ball movement's there, and then now you're seeing all these offensive weapons. You know, they're not. You know, it, it, it's coming easier for everybody because that ball's hot and there's energy there. And you see Devo Davis with eight assists last night, and ten rebounds, and you know he has not been efficient shooting the ball. But boy, I thought he was the player of the game for all the other things he did. Mussman talked about how his defense rebounding saved the team. And you look at guys like Chandler Lawson, who had a career high last night. Caleb Battle, a 20 of his 25 season high, reached the 1,000 point mark. A lot of things you can look at offensively and say, okay, they were in a funk. Maybe that's gotten kind of coming out of that. But on that defensive end, the offensive glass has been a killer. Other teams hitting it. And Arkansas not closing out possessions with defensive rebounds. And then you talked about it. It was three points shooting last night. And then not getting that team to turn the ball over like it typically does. Well, I, once again, I just have to say that it's a shame that on December 4th they didn't play a perfect game and peak uh, long before the conference season starts. <laughs> it's really it would be terrible if there wasn't so, if if there wasn't something to complain about be long before you get to the conference season, right? <laughs> am I am I being overly sarcastic on that? I think that's really tongue in cheek there. Gee, many Christmas. I mean, it, but, but every game you're going to find Rick. something wrong. I don't know if we give enough of these other teams some credit. Look around at all of the upsets in college basketball. Are they yeah. really upset? Some of these teams. I mean, Furman's bringing a lot of players back on a team that won 28 yeah. games last year. That's right. Won its conference. Upset Virginia. Call it an upset if you look yeah. at the seeding in the NCAA tournament and lost to the eventual national runner-ups in the second round, San Diego State. This is a good team returning a lot of players. Now, Furman was without its leading scorer last night. He hurt his knee the previous game against Princeton, a game that you thought Furman – Probably had, you know, didn't have in the bag, obviously, 11-point lead with about four minutes ago. Lost by a point on the road to Princeton. So, Furman wasn't exactly at full strength. Great to see Tremont Mark back, by the way. Did not start for the first time this year, but just getting him back on the court. And he gave Arkansas some good production at uh, both ends at times. Good to see him back. And then Brazil gets hurt. A late ankle sprain comes out with about two and a half minutes. Didn't return. Mussman said in the postgame last night, uh, that he was having swelling and that it was a bad sprain. We'll have an update. We'll have him on a press conference tomorrow with Makai Mitchell to preview the Oklahoma game on Saturday. So hopefully we have an update on his status. But sometimes with ankle sprains, you know how that can be, especially if it's a high ankle sprain. We don't know that answer yet. Sometimes it can be weeks before a guy's ready to return. Not trying to speculate or put the worst out there, but that's a possibility when you're talking ankle sprains. That's pretty common. It's also common for players to sometimes get recover quicker. Um, you know, how quickly? I mean, five days between games. We'll see. We're even seeing now, Kevin. It happened to Kenny Pickett, uh, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, who had a high ankle sprain. He actually had surgery. Mm-hmm. Some now are yeah. having surgery so they can for, speed up the healing yeah. process. Brock Bauer of Georgia did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, in my yep. comments, you're right. If, if did I not read correctly that uh, Furman is in the same conference as North Carolina Greensboro, and they're and Greensboro's pick second, and Furman's pick first in the conference. So the fact that they beat that's Furman right. Is a pretty and Arkansas big deal. went one and one against the Southern yeah. Conference, and you can count yourself. I mean, like I said, we we disrespect these names of these teams with hyphens or you know mid major and don't know a lot about them. But you know, if you're really paying attention, it's it's every night around college basketball. In November, December, you've got either a team getting a scare or getting beat. And, and yeah. the team that you think going into it should be winning on their 
on their home court. So, I mean, Furman beat South Carolina last year on a neutral court by 19 points in the regular season. Well, and then uh, you, you know, look they, on they're, Selection they're Sunday. They're unafraid of playing this level of competition. And then on Selection Sunday, you see several of these teams in the NCAA tournament. And you say, oh, really? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were positives. I, I went through some of it. The offense, again, the 21 assists. I mean, I, I'm really impressed with all of the guards right now. I know L. Ellis has been up and down last night. was one of Except those games. He, up Kevin, uh, Kevin, hold on. Except that okay. Eric was quite upset with his guards, with the exception of Devo and Blocker, for not rebounding. He said battle has got to do better. Yeah. Yeah. His 25 points weren't enough. But you know what? Look, here's the thing I love about Musselman. He is a perfectionist, and that drives his teams to get better. His teams will never be complacent as long as he's a coach. No, you're right about that. Hang on, Kevin. we got to take a break. Hang on. All right, Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. I don't know why I was being honored today, but <laughs> if, if Nolan had been on that one side of the page, if I just looked at it, it would have started playing. Um, you were talking about Brazil, but one thing, Kevin, that I think uh, obviously it was the latter stages of the game when Trayvon Mark went down in the Bahamas. But it seems like, and it's kind of like Khalif Battle said in the um, in his post game comments, any player it seems like can step up and get big numbers for this team. Uh, last night it was Chandler Lawson who I don't know if you say unexpectedly had 19 points. Boy, he is a blocking machine. He can block shots left yeah. and right. Um, but it might be, uh, you know, again, battled, but you never know. Mark, he could return back to uh, that form he had before he went down with the injury. What, 34 points, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of weapons on this team. Yeah, and and don't forget, Devo Davis is a guy that can that can strike for 20. Sure. Uh you know he's off, and we've seen him have slow starts to seasons. We remember we think about newcomers in terms of them getting acclimated to the system, and we think, well, a guy like Debo's been around, he understands everything, but he also has to learn how to mess with new players and figure out where his spots are. And you know, this is a better offensive team throughout the lineup, and it's not probably needed as much as when Arkansas needed Debo to step up at times when. Uh, when there weren't maybe enough weapons around him to go give him some some scoring offense, I thought he did a great job last night of not hunting shots. I noticed there were times in the past where Devo might pull a three, uh, you know, just because it was kind of there. And he thinks, you know what, we got plenty of shot clock. Let's work this ball and maybe get a better shot. And there's other guys you probably would rather take in some threes if they're open and the ball's moving. So I think he's playing a more mature game. His turnovers are at a career low right now. But you mentioned the offense. That's not a problem as long as the ball's moving. Where it was a problem in the Bahamas and against Greensboro is it just wasn't moving via pass and guys were playing too much one-on-one. I don't care how gifted and how many guys you've got that could go get a bucket. You, you've got to be more than one-dimensional, and that was a problem Arkansas had last year. Now you've got three-point shooters. That's why you need that ball to move and make defenses then guess what you're doing, where you're picking and choosing, 
um, and, and playing off off that, that energy of that ball. So Arkansas is doing a much better job than that. Hey, the stats say everything. 38 assists in the last two games, only 26 of the previous four games when he went lost three out of four. And that one win was over a Stanford team that's counting right now as a quad four win. Mm. Uh, it's outside of the Stanford quad. Huh? Stanford is a quad four win? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. why Arkansas's so. NET is, you think, what, 107 or 9 or whatever it is. You're thinking, really? They played a pretty tough schedule. Shouldn't it be better than that? Yeah. So, it, well, you know, the loss to Greensboro is counting as a quad two right now. A lot of people could it, but it could end up a quad three. It wants to, if, if Greensboro, I think, it was 73rd in the initial net rankings that came out on Monday, and that they need to stay in the top 75 for that to count as a quad two and not a quad three loss. Quad three and quad four losses are not good. They impact your postseason seeding, and then you've got to start racking up some quad one. Duke, by virtue of losing at Georgia Tech, I think knocked it outside of the top 30 of those initial net rankings. We'll never know because they uh, debuted at 37 after that loss. But I think Duke would have probably been a top 30 team in that if not for that loss to Georgia Tech, which would count as a quad one. When I think Duke's got a Obviously, plenty in front of it to finish top 30 for that to be become a quad one win on Arkansas's resume. And then Oklahoma, guys, this Saturday, just a few days, you know, this weekend, ranked 19th in the country, top 20 in net, 19th in the AP poll, still unbeaten, going to uh, tips off against Providence here in a few minutes, I believe. Yes. And we'll see if, if Oklahoma can move to 8 0. And Providence is a good program. But if, if Oklahoma gets to 8-0, then that'll be you know even better for Arkansas to have a chance to pick up a quad one win there. I did not realize uh, Duke had fallen so far. Yeah, I understand how it works, but it's kind of difficult to – it seems like, Kevin, what you're saying is when you stumble against a quad four school, that's going to haunt you for the rest of the year. There's kind of like no yeah. way you can almost make it up. Well, you can by having by having a lot of quality wins, and Arkansas does have a tough schedule, and that's going to obviously be the case through the 18-game SEC slate. Arkansas is going to pick up quad one wins. Uh, you just don't want too many bad losses. You got maybe one with good. Greensboro sticks at quad two. It's not a it's not a quality loss, but it's not a bad loss. You know, they, there's such things as quality losses. I mean, you some of these quad one. Uh, the values in net losing some of these quad one road games is is it helps your will help your net more than a cheap win against a quad three or quad four. It just works like that sometimes. Obviously, you got to win enough games for for that to be true. Um, you know, you can't lose a bunch of quad one games and have a a losing record and qualify for anything. But you know what I'm saying? It when you start factoring some of this in, sometimes it goes against. What we used to think was important was to get to 20 or more wins, mm-hmm. get as many of those, and maybe you pick up a few quality ones enough to oppress a committee and get in. Now they're really looking at these analytics, and, and that is obviously the installation tool for that part of it. They still use some eye test stuff, but you gotta, you know, you got to build that resume. And these schedules are, are designed with those things in mind and trying to game that system. Uh, everything's about gaming a system because to some degree – you, you know, between human polls and analytics, none of them are exactly right. You know, there, there's, you know, it's, there's subjectivity there. Um, but, we you know, Arkansas is obviously, again, Oklahoma, 
this was a this is a better game for Arkansas than it's been the previous two years in terms of a quad one opportunity. Because Oklahoma hasn't been all that great, even though Arkansas won last year. That that game didn't have a lot of a lot of value when you looked at that in the quad system. Kevin Jeremiah Davenport. Uh, I'm not sure how many games in a row that he started, but he ended up only playing 11 minutes and 22 seconds last night. Do you think it's it's Coach Musselman continuing to try to see if they can't get Davenport going? His his so-called specialty is the three-point shot. He was two of four last night overall, but he was 0 for two beyond the three-point line. Do you think Coach is still trying to go with Jeremiah to see if he can get him start jump started? Yeah, I mean, it's it, to a lesser degree, there's a similarity with Ellis. Ellis has been back in the starting lineup. And he had a good game against Duke, not so much last night. He played 12 minutes. Yeah. So I think with a, with a lot of these guys, that's what it's going on. He's just he just it's the next man up when he doesn't see what he wants to see. There's breakdowns defensively. There may be some things on offense he doesn't like when he when he's looking at them, and he and he just looks down that bench. This is the interesting part. You know, he did say in the press conference last night. This is not about the quality of my depth. It's about just trying to get someone to execute game plan. But in a sense, it is about the quality of your depth because in the past, he's had to live with guys who weren't doing the right thing and he just didn't have an option. I mean, Mason Jones, who had an all another world, otherworldly offensive season, sometimes had laps after laps after laps defensively. You could see the frustration on Musselman, uh, but he didn't really have a choice. He didn't have the next guy. So I think when you do have quality depth, it allows him to do what he's doing right now. So to some degree, you know, he, you know, he's not, you know, he, he may be downplaying it, but to some degree it is a bit of a luxury right now because he's got other options. And it forces other players, look, this guy's going to come in for you if you're not getting it done. It's going to have to – some guys are going to have to figure out a way to be more accountable if they plan on getting real minutes and, and, and consistently having a, a role in the rotation. We are out of time. It goes quickly. All right, Kevin, we will talk to you later on this week. That is Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net, and thanks to Fence Brokers. Chris Walker and the gang at Fence Brokers.